Welcome to Finding Pelvic Sanity. If you're struggling with pelvic pain, pelvic floor dysfunction, or pregnancy and postpartum issues, you're in the right place. These issues are common, but not something that you have to live with. We've seen the most complex patients from all over the world at Pelvic Sanity in Southern California. You might be feeling frustrated, embarrassed, or dismissed by the medical community, often for years. We know just how tough that can be, and we want to help you find pelvic sanity again. We're Jesse and Dr. Nicole Kozine. Together, we run Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy, wrote the IC Solution, and Nicole has trained thousands of pelvic PTs to provide better care. We want this podcast to provide hope and get you on the path to healing. Thousands of people with pelvic health issues find relief and live healthy, happy, and pain-free lives. And so can you. Let's get started. Hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Finding Pelvic Sanity podcast with Jesse and Dr. Nicole Cozine. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Talking today about IC. It doesn't sound like we have a whole lot to talk about this on, Nicole. I mean, literally wrote the book on this. We've got a patient-focused course on this. We talk about this all the time, but we want to give you guys this kind of high-level overview of what is the condition. Like, what should you be expecting if you suspect you have IC, if you've been diagnosed with it, if you've been told you might have it? Wanted to give you guys kind of the real high-level view of what is interstitial cystitis and what to think about it. So interstitial cystitis is also known as a lot of different acronyms, BPS, PBS, which is bladder pain syndrome or painful bladder syndrome. The definition by the American Neurological Association actually says pain or pressure perceived to be related to the urinary bladder associated with lower urinary tract symptoms of more than six weeks duration in the absence of an infection or other identifiable cause. What's interesting about this definition is that it has two characteristics of IC. It has pain any sort of pelvic pain, and urinary symptoms. And they are perceived to be, that is the key phrase, perceived to be related to the urinary bladder. Many people with interstitial cystitis and many practitioners who think they know about interstitial cystitis will think that there is something wrong with the bladder. And that can't be further from the truth in the vast majority of people who've been diagnosed with this condition. The one thing that if you take away from this podcast, I want you to think about is this. Interstitial cystitis is not, for the majority of people, a bladder condition. There is nothing wrong with the bladder. There is no what we call pathology there. Nothing's wrong with the lining. It's simply a chronic pelvic pain condition that happens to have primarily bladder-related symptoms. And that's it. And the thing that makes it confusing is that it's a diagnosis of exclusion. You'll hear that said and you'll see that written. And what that means is that there's no one test that you can do to say you have IC or you don't have IC. You have to basically prove that you don't have other things that can be causing that condition like urinary tract infection, like bladder cancer. And then you can say, well, it might be this Symptom cluster syndrome, and that is the brief overview of what interstitial cystitis is. So to put that in layperson term a little bit more, Nicole, basically, I see is a description of your symptoms. I see is a description of bladder-related symptoms. They're accompanied by pelvic pain, and then they slap this diagnosis on you. Okay, so 
if it's not a bladder issue, and that's why I think it's so confusing for a lot of people because it feels that way, right? But what you're saying is that in 90% of people, there's literally nothing wrong with the bladder when they do scans. And But all of the treatment stuff that we talk about is going to be bladder focused. So people are talking about installations. You go to your urologist, it's immediately to installations, it's to Elmeron, it's to all these bladder focused things. And in reality, the bladder, and I love this phrase, is an innocent bystander to everything else going on. So, of course, we're not finding relief when we go for all of these bladder-centric treatments because there was nothing wrong with the bladder in the first place. Right. So the real, real big question that you're getting to, Jesse, is if it's not the bladder, the bladder's not the problem, then what is the problem? And I will tell you that research has been done over the last 30 years, and it is consistently found that the majority of patients, and we're talking 87% in the research, we say close to 90%. In my practice, it's like 100% of people with interstitial cystitis have pelvic floor dysfunction, overactivity, tense, tight pelvic floor muscles that are reproducing bladder symptoms, meaning that pelvic floor muscles are irritating the bladder and giving the bladder signals that I have to pee really bad right now. And in fact, it's the pelvic floor dysfunction that is primarily the culprit. So can you explain that a little bit more, Nicole, of how does tight muscles in the pelvic floor make it feel like you have this urgency that you need to pee or that you have this urethral burning or pain in the bladder? Because it it absolutely, for folks, and especially if you've had a UTI, feels exactly like that. It feels like there's something wrong with your urethra or your bladder. How do pelvic floor muscles being tight cause that? Well, what's interesting is if you look at the anatomy, I would always go back to reducing everything to anatomy. If you look at the anatomy of where the bladder sits in the pelvis, it's setting, it sits on the pelvic floor muscles. It's right there on multiple different layers of the pelvic floor. So there's two muscles in particular that the pelvic floor or that the bladder sits right on. And basically what you're getting is some crosstalk. So the muscle is tense and tight and basically poking. It doesn't literally poke, but it it gives that signal to the bladder like, hey, bladder, uh, I'm right here. And the bladder doesn't know anything else how to communicate except for, ouch, or I have pain. And so it sends a message up to the brain being like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but this, something's bothering me. I think I have to pee. Your brain is just like, all right, well, you can give you the urge to pee. And is it appropriate to go? You go and you find a place and you go. Maybe a trickle comes out because the bladder was never actually full. It wasn't the actual bladder muscle that was overstretched to give you your normal urge to pee. It was the pelvic floor muscle that was giving that premature urge to pee. And so for the vast majority of people, that's what's happening. So those are two muscles that are kind of more inside the pelvic floor. There's also muscles that, the pelvic floor muscles that literally wrap around the urethra. So those muscles that are tight and tense can do one of two things. They can irritate the urethra itself in a similar way that the deeper pelvic floor muscles can irritate the bladder, but they can also delay or make it harder for the urethra to open. And then therefore you can get some incomplete emptying of your bladder. So meaning that you go and sit down to pee and the pelvic floor muscles are supposed to relax fully. They might do it for a little bit and then they kind of tense back up because they don't know what to do other than be tense and tight and irritating. And so then that sort of is like, well, the bladder's like, okay, well, I'm not going to release anymore. I'm just going to 
stop doing that. Which is the really frustrating thing that a lot of people will describe. You have this urgent need to go, you rush to the bathroom, and then sometimes it's hard to even start a stream or your stream is really inconsistent. And that's all a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. Here's the other interesting thing is that a lot of the symptoms that are associated with IC. So you talked about, Nicole, the hallmark symptoms of urgency, frequency, and pain. But a lot of the other symptoms that most people with IC have, at least some of these, don't even make sense if you think about it as a bladder condition, right? Pain with intercourse. Why would you have pain with intercourse if the problem was your bladder lining? That literally makes no sense. Constipation. Why would you have constipation if the problem was your bladder lining? Why would you have low back pain or hip pain? Or why would your symptoms feel better after taking a nice warm bath and being able to relax those muscles? Your bladder doesn't care that you're sitting in a warm bath. Your pelvic floor muscles sure do. So all of those things, if you have any of those symptoms, it's a a huge signal that the pelvic floor is playing at least a big role, if not the primary driver in everything that's going on. The same reason why, you know, if you go in for a cystoscopy or bladder installations, and that's painful or causes a flare. That's pelvic floor stuff around the urethra. If you're in a flare because you did a whole lot of exercise or you sat for a long period of time. This is a really classic one, Nicole, when people write in or like, oh, I'm having this flare because I'm on in my car for a long time or I had to sit on a plane for a long time. The bladder doesn't care where you're sitting. Bladder couldn't care less. It's just sitting there inside your body like hanging out. Totally. And I think the biggest thing that is most frustrating with people that have interstitial cystitis or these symptoms of interstitial cystitis is that what really gets disrupted with this is the brain-bladder connection. And for the most part, we want our brain to be the boss of our bladder. And what happens with interstitial cystitis is because the pelvic floor is irritating the bladder, the bladder becomes the boss of our brain. And then we are therefore a little bit slaves to the bladder itself. What we do in pelvic floor physical therapy is we figure out why your pelvic floor is tense and tight in the first place and creating these symptoms, but we also retrain that brain-bladder connection that's become so disrupted, and that's really where we can make the biggest difference in symptoms. And that brings us to a really important finding, Nicole, is that when the American Urological Association actually reviewed all of the data around interstitial societies... What they said, the first thing that should be tried is, or what they said had an evidence grade of A, the only treatment that had an evidence grade of A, was not installations, was not Elmeron, was not amitriptyline, was not medication. It was pelvic floor physical therapy. These are the urologists themselves. The urologists themselves are the ones that are making these guidelines and then... Poor you who has all these symptoms You go to the urologist and what do they do? They tell you to do all the things <laughs> except for pelvic floor physical therapy. I cannot tell you how many people have been like, why does no one tell me about this? Why didn't my urologist send me? And frankly, I can say, I don't freaking know. Honestly, it's like their own guidelines say that this should be offered first and often and We can also help with a bunch of other things that are important, which is things like what they call behavioral training, but that basically means that brain-bladder connection retraining. We can help with self-care strategies, stress management, uh, because the pelvic floor is also really related to your stress response system. And so if you are also noticing that you have IC symptoms that are worse with 
things like being anxious or having a work deadline or something like that, then that is also a really big indicator that pelvic floor dysfunction is actually deriving most of your interstitial cystitis symptoms and can be the reason why a lot of those bladder-focused treatments aren't working. All that is to say is that everybody that has IC, thinks that they have IC or even remotely has any of the symptoms that's related to that should be going to pelvic floor physical therapy. And can we talk just for briefly, Nicole, I like how you said that people who have been diagnosed with IC or may have been diagnosed by IC, this is one of the challenges of the condition is two people with the same symptoms can go to two different doctors. One gets an IC diagnosis immediately and is now talking about diet and Elmeron and all those other things. The other person is like, well, you might have IC or we're not really sure. What do you do for, for folks who are in that category of, I, I think I might have this, I've researched it, I'm not really sure. One of the challenges, like we just said, is that there is no test that confirms this. So a lot of folks go in and think that a cystoscopy is going to show that they have IC. Again, that's not the case. It can't show that you have IC. There's no test to definitively prove it. Is this one of those things, Nicole, where you're just going by symptoms? Or what do you say to the person who's not really even sure if they have it? Yeah, I'm saying, great. Guess what we're going to treat? We're going to see if you have pelvic floor dysfunction, and we're going to treat that, and we're going to see what happens to your symptoms. It quite literally does not matter to me whether you've been diagnosed with pelvic floor tension myalgia, pelvic floor dysfunction, tight, tense pelvic floor, any of these other things that have to do with the pelvic floor, or you've been diagnosed with IC, bladder pain syndrome, painful bladder syndrome, whatever. Once you get to a pelvic floor physical therapist, we are looking for the muscles, the nerves around your pelvis, and the brain bladder connection that needs treatment. And then we can figure out for you why those areas have sort of gone haywire and then treat that as well. And that's the biggest key is to not just treat the pelvic floor or the nerves of the pelvis, but also to expand our view outside of that pelvic floor and figure out why those pelvic floor muscles are tense, tight, and irritating the bladder in the first place. And then that's where we can start to really get some lasting relief of IC symptoms. And so you can find lasting relief of IC symptoms. Yes. the One of the most favorite and the first lines of our book, The Interstitial Cystitis Solution, is thousands of patients, thousands of people with IC live happy, healthy, pain-free lives. And so can you. That is so true. So many patients, hundreds of patients that have gone through pelvic sanity are living that way. And it can be true for you too. I'm not saying that road is easy. I'm not saying it's fast. Uh, but it certainly is both possible and probable. So I know, Nicole, we have hours, literally more that we could talk about all of the different things on IC, but I hope that gives you guys a high-level overview of that to one takeaway that IC is not a bladder condition. And that was really important to hear, Nicole, all of the different reasons why the pelvic floor is involved in driving those symptoms. If you guys want to know more, we obviously have a whole book on this. That's the IC solution. You can find that on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes. We also have a video course, so if you'd like to see it more that way, have Nicole actually teach you. It's four-plus hours of content, basically all the stuff that you really should have been able to get from your medical providers. You can find that at pelvicsanity.com slash IC Roadmap. That's the IC Roadmap course, super practical with all that information. And of course, if you're local to Southern California, make sure you give us a call at Pelvic Sanity. We would love to work with you. Relief is absolutely possible. We'll put all of that information in the show notes for you guys. Really appreciate you guys listening. I know if you have been diagnosed with IC, this has probably been a really frustrating journey that you know you're you're not there yet, but there is hope out there. 
I hope that this episode has shown you a little bit of that. As always, we appreciate you listening. We'd love to have you on with us on the next episode. And hope that this has brought you just a little bit of pelvic sanity. 